Welcome to the 11th episode of the Disney Cruise Line blog podcast. Today we're going to talk about the Eastern Caribbean ports of call of St. Thomas, St. John, and Tortola. We just got back from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise on the Fantasy, and while the ports are fresh in our head, we wanted to go over them. We've actually sailed the Eastern Caribbean route four times now. Originally, we've sailed down there to San Juan, uh, St. Martin, and St. Thomas, St. John. This was our first t- cruise going to Tortola in the British Virgin Islands. We're going to start. Do you want to start with the St. Thomas, St. John? Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna focus on those. We won't. We can we can talk about Saint Martin. That could be a whole other podcast because we've we've gone there twice and we've done two different things. So that's a that's a good note for next time, Scott. So the first time we went to um, did the Eastern Caribbean run was in June of 2012. That was during the Fantasy's inaugural season, and we decided that we wanted to head over to St. John. And this was actually only, we had been on a Western Caribbean the October before, and this was, you know, our second seven-night cruise. So at this point, um, you know, Scott was still kind of getting comfortable with non-Disney excursions. Do you recall that, Scott? Yeah, I was still uncomfortable because we did something in St. Martin that was without a group, but, you know, um, we decided that we wanted to go over to St. John, so we booked the Disney excursion to Trunk Bay. Now, Isabel was just a little pup at that time. She was just over four years old, and or five years old. Yeah, my, my math, my math was, was poor there. Sketchy. It was, it was a little sketchy. Um but she knew how to swim and all that good stuff. So, Scott, do you want to talk about uh, our experience heading over to um, to Trunk Bay on that Disney excursion? Because I believe it's exactly the same today. Like, you can still book that yeah, same excursion it, we booked four years ago. The way, the way it works on that particular excursion is you get on a boat right there at the pier. Uh, so you don't have to... At Haven site. Yeah. And then it takes you kind of around St. Thomas into St. John. Um, the cruise bay. Yeah. The, you know, the difference is the way we typically get over is we take a taxi to Red Hook and then take a ferry over. Which we'll, we'll get into more detail on that. So this is more... <clears throat> with, the, with the excursion, you spend a lot more time on a boat, which... It's a bumpy ride. And on the day we went, it was a bumpy ride, to say the least. And it's a double-decker, kind of like ferry. So if you're outside, you're just going to bake in the sun, or if the weather comes in, you're kind of exposed. So keep that in mind. And it is a fairly longer route. It's a 30- to 40-minute ride um, because you're, you're kind of going a longer way. So... Um, so you get on that, you head over for those of you that aren't familiar, you're dropped off into cruise Bay, which is St. John's essentially downtown. And then Disney of course has taxis for you to take over to trunk Bay. 
and you stop at an overlook. I think I've seen every excursion stop at the same overlook where you overlook Trunk Bay and you can overlook. It's a beautiful view. Yep. Some of those British Virgin Islands that are there. And then you arrive at Trunk Bay. Trunk Bay is a um, national park. Uh, St. John is two-thirds national park. They have restrictions on things, um, you know, how high things can be built, etc. And that actually helps with the unparalleled, you know, beauty of that island. So um, your admission fee to Trunk Bay is included in your excursion price. So you head on in. And Scott, you should talk about the snorkeling part because um, Isabel and I just did the beach part. Snorkeling at Trunk Bay, there's a, a little key that goes out. Uh, if you're looking at the water, it's on the right side. Uh, it's a pretty prominent feature from that, that you can see from the uh, overlook that you might stop at beforehand. And it's, it's a kind of a guided snorkel trail where... It has plaques on the ground that kind of like lead you along the path. Uh, gives you a little information about the wreath and what you may see. It's, it's pretty fun. It's not shallow out there. Uh, so you're going to definitely have, need to be able to swim the entire time. Or I don't recall if they required you to wear the vests or not, the snorkel vests. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did. You just don't have to blow it up as mm-hmm. usual. But yeah. I'm almost positive that they did. Yeah, because it's, it's very important that you're able to swim the entire time because it's all coral reef out there, very sharp, jagged rocks, so you can't stand on the, on the reef because reef, you don't want to damage the coral. Uh, but it's a, nice little, it's a nice little snorkel trail. You know, one time we are out there where we... Saw some sea turtles just show up, you know. There's always been some decent sea life down there. So at this point, Isabel was still little and hadn't learned to snorkel yet. She didn't know how to swim. Um, Isabel, I don't know if you remember this trip over there because you were little. But um, we did the beach time, and the cool thing about beaches in St. John is you can wade in the water, and there's fish usually right there. So Isabel did see... Tons of little schools of fish um, and played in the water. Your time there is 90 minutes long total. So whether you want to snorkel for the whole 90 minutes, whether you want to snorkel and beach, whether you want to snorkel and go to the snack bar in the shop, um, you have not, you're limited to not, literally 90 minutes um, before they take you back to Cruise Bay uh, and then load you back on the ferry. So... This was the first time that our family had been there, and we really um, marveled essentially at the at the splendor of, of St. John, and it made us, you know, certainly want to go back for more. So that day, we uh, when we got back, it was still early because I think that excursion starts at like eight a.m. So we were back, I think, by lunchtime. Um, we headed into Charlotte. We took a taxi into Charlotte Amali. Now Charlotte Amali is St. Thomas's downtown. Um, Isabel wanted to go to the Del Sol store, which for those of you that are familiar with Del Sol, um, it's the stuff that changes color in the sun. So we took the taxi down there and walked around Charlotte Amali. There, 
Del Sol now has Disney licensed products too, and Marvel licensed shirts and T-shirts and all that. So there's a little tie-in for the little kids. Well, and the other thing too is that it is something that the shopping folks on board Del Sol's one of the businesses that they um, market. Uh, one other note: Del Sol is out of Utah in the U.S. So, well, when you go to the Caribbean and it is duty free, they run a ton of sales. So, for example, a Memorial Day, it was 50% off their entire site. So you can get the same products and more online uh, at delsoul.com uh, than you can get in the Caribbean. So their nail polishes, for example, are all $10. And often you can get buy two or three and get one free. But online 50% off that's five bucks even if you're paying whatever their low shipping rate is it usually is a much better deal than it is to get it in the Caribbean so once I kind of uh, researched that little gem we typically don't you know go out of our way to find the Caribbean Del Sol stores anymore they have sunglasses that change color in the sun they're lifetime guaranteed so I mean I ordered a pair of those you know online so just a little side note about that we went into Charlotte Amalie for folks that are into jewelry. St. Thomas is sort of one of the places to get jewelry. So there's there's tons of shopping, you know, tons of, of that sort of thing downtown. And, and then we, you know, came back to the ship. St. Thomas also has a convenient post office. Uh, it was Caddy Corner from Del Sol, so you could send your postcards with a stamp. Since it's a U.S. Virgin Island, you just have to, you know, it's a regular, it takes a regular stamp. There's no something, you could get stamps on the mainland and be prepared to get your postcards and then take them to the post office to mail already. Since it's a U.S. Virgin Island, which is exactly what we did. And it was really cool. So that was kind of our, our first, first time to, um, to St. Thomas St. John. We enjoyed um, St. John so much that we we booked for the following summer or two years from that to go back and, and spend 10 nights there. So um, the second Eastern Caribbean cruise we did was in March of 2013 and that was our spring break, Isabel's spring break. And that was still under the, uh, you know, fantasy inaugural voyages. And that was a trip that we decided we were going to go to St. John. So I was, Scott was finally starting to get a little more comfortable with those um, non-Disney excursions. So did some research, used TripAdvisor, um, kind of talked to some other people. And found, and, and Scott, you'll link this in the show notes. Yes. We did um, Islander Taxi Service. So Islander Taxi Service uh, was great. Uh, Alvin is the guy that owns it. And we did the Shores and Stores Tour. And it is $6, I'm sorry, six hours long. It's $35 per adult and $20 per child under 12. And uh, they pick you up at the pier. There's a sign with your name on it. 
and he took us in one of those air conditioned vans and and took us to um, mountaintop, you know, a few other places, and then we ended at Megan's Bay Beach, uh, and there's an admission fee, but you know it's included in your in your tour, and they they'll also drop you off um, in Charlotte Amalie, you know, if you want to go downtown or or whatever you want to do. So we got a, a taste of St. Thomas. I will say that was a very, very busy day. There were a lot of ships in port. That is something really to consider, is to look online to see what other ships are in port on that day. There were a couple carnival ships. I remember one of the large Royal Caribbean ships, whether it was the Oasis or Allure, that was in the other dock. Yeah, there are two... There are two docking areas in St. Thomas, and uh, on really busy days, you know, traffic gets really bad. Uh, you really have to make plan a little extra time if you're kind of on your own on uh, dealing with taxis that you plan ahead to get back to the ship because it's it can get bumper to bumper and things are not moving. Megan's Bay was packed. Um, I personally did not enjoy myself as much as I did that day at Trunk Bay. Um, in fact, the whole time I was kind of, you know, wishing that I had made the decision, you know, talk to Scott and Isabella about going back to St. John. But I am glad we did get to experience over there. Um, but there were so many ships in port and I just... I, I just didn't like the beach as well. That I mean, that's my personal opinion, but... If I remember, it was like a rocky beach. It wasn't all sand. Yeah. I mean, in the water. There was and the waves were a little... I mean, we, heck, we've been to Maho Beach at St. Martin where those waves are... Mm-hmm. They beat you up, but it just... Knowing that the serenity of St. John is so close and, and going there was, was, was a tough thing. And I think we were back around to the ship around 2 o'clock. Um, and all aboard in, in St. Thomas for Disney is usually 4 o'clock. So that wasn't too bad. We got, we got plenty of time there. And I, I definitely felt like we accurately saw, you know, some highlights of the island. We have not spent much time in St. Thomas really exploring other than what we've really just talked about. However... For more on St. Thomas, I would suggest going over to the Royal Caribbean blog podcast on uh, St. Thomas. Matt invited me on his show uh, late in 2015 to talk about St. Thomas, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, Matt's explored much more of St. Thomas and the various beaches, beach, ops and beach options uh, available for those that are interested I encourage you to go check that out. One other thing about St. Thomas, uh, there's a very nice local restaurant called Cousins. Uh, Again, I'll try to put a link in the show notes on how to get there. Uh, Nice local food, local Caribbean fare. Uh, We went there for lunch one day. Had a great, great lunch and... uh, Good drinks. Experience was great. Isabel loved it. The food was good. Yeah. Very flavorful. Very, um, very easy to get to and find in Charlotte Amalie too. Mm-hmm. It's definitely if you take a taxi there from the cruise port, 
it's you know just it's walkable it's one of those it's like amongst the stores it's definitely a spot that somebody recommended to us when we were looking for places to eat in St. Thomas and uh, we went we enjoyed the food and it's someplace that we'd go back to mm, if yeah. we're there around lunchtime I don't know if the menu changes at dinner but we definitely we definitely head back there given the opportunity so on our third Eastern uh, Caribbean cruise on the fantasy, which was in March of 14, spring break happened to fall that same week and it was an Eastern, um, we decided to contact Alvin from Islander Taxi again and ask him about arranging um, the transportation uh, in St. John. So we... Uh, he, he was awesome. He did the same thing. He picked us up, uh, picked a group of us up at the ship and took us to Red Hook, which is the ferry dock. So um, he took us there. We took the ferry over, which you buy tickets. They're $7 for an adult, $1 for children. And he recommended that we buy round trip tickets, which is essentially just buying tickets twice. They don't offer you a round trip ticket. You just buy two tickets. Um, just in case you're pressed for time later or there's a line or what have you, just so that that part's done. Then you take the ferry over. The ferry comes on the hour. So we were on the 9 a.m. ferry. Uh, the Fantasy typically gets to St. Thomas at about 745. Um, so it's not feasible to get on that 8 a.m. ferry. So we were on the 9 a.m. ferry. And then Alvin had a person meet us at Cruise Bay at the ferry dock, which took us to Cinnamon Bay Beach. So Cinnamon Bay Beach was a beach that was recommended to us. Um, and it that was our first experience there, and it was awesome. So Cinnamon Bay differs from Trunk a little bit. And, Scott, you can talk about that. Um, there's, you know, there's a campground, so there's still facilities. Right off the top, it's free. Yeah, that's yeah. Not that trunk's expensive. I think it's like four bucks to get in. But exactly what Scott said, you're not paying that national park fee. But by by no means does that mean it's inferior. It's uh, it's got the restroom, restroom. facilities. Yep. It's got the freshwater fresh showers. showers. Yep. Uh, it's got a restaurant there. It's got a little shop. I mean, it's a small little beach shop. It's got rental places you can rent floats. There's like a little. Like museum, is it a museum or? It's right. The, it's the building on the beach. It's yeah, like a historical it's, kind it's, of yeah. center. Uh, and it's Cinnamon Bay is pretty big. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's Cinnamon Bay and Little Cinnamon Bay directly next to it that you can go visit uh, when you're on the beach. It's a place you can go and you know rent snorkel gear. I think they had like paddle boards or kayaks maybe over in the rental area. And there's a, you know, it's one of the couple beaches that you, that they're constantly taxi coming and going from, uh, which is not the case on all the beaches on St. John. So Isabel still wasn't, um, she hadn't snorkeled yet. The, the other unique thing about uh, the Cinnamon Bay Beach area is if you 
go out from the beach through the parking lot and across the street, uh, you can easily walk some old ruins, uh, you know, if you kind of finish out your time there. It's a short little, like, mini hike through the woods, but it's right there off the road. In fact, as you're driving in, you'll see some of the old mills kind of, they have them now braced up so to prevent them from collapsing and deteriorating any further. But it's a nice little uh, casual walk in the woods. Yes, Isabel. One time when we went, we went all the way back in the forest, which you don't have to do. And that took us longer than it's supposed to take. That's one of the nice things about St. John. There's trails that you can just kind of go and go and go. So during that visit there, Isabel um, hadn't snorkeled yet. And in fact, we didn't have our own snorkel equipment. Just Scott had his own mask and, and stuff. So this was another beach day for us. And we had an extremely enjoyable time. They took us back. You know, Alvin had his guy um, there to pick us up. Uh, fairly, I want to say it was like 1 or one fifteen because we were on the 2 o'clock ferry back. And then we got back uh, to the ferry dock. Alvin was there waiting for us, and he took us back to the cruise ship. So, um, you know, we felt pretty comfortable at that point, you know, knowing that we kind of, even though we were doing it on our own, we kind of had it all pre-set up. So that was in um, March of fourteen. What we decided to do that summer in June was to um, just go ahead and, and rent a place in St. John and spend 10 nights there. So between March and June, Scott uh, was awesome enough to get Isabel all ready to snorkel. We all got our own snorkel equipment um, and we went and explored St. John. So the one thing that's really neat about doing that on your own, and because I feel like cruise ships... They give you a taste of an area, and sometimes you want to go back to them. So um, we, we, we feel like we know St. John pretty well. We, we snorkeled, you know, seven out of those ten days. We know the majority of those beaches there. Um, it made us more comfortable for the future in going back and being able to do it on our own because we know how things run like clockwork. We also know that Trunk and Cinnamon are the only two beaches that have taxi service there all the time. So even if we wanted to go to Hawk's Nest or Maho or one of the other beaches, you're, you're going to have to work it out with someone because there's, there isn't just taxis there lined up. So um, we did kind of chuckle a little bit because we went to Trunk Bay and we saw when the fantasy excursion came and, um, you know, think about about what we said about going to Cinnamon Bay when we did it on our own. We were on the 9 a.m. ferry. We were probably at Cinnamon Bay, you know, by 20 to 10. And then we were there till probably quarter after one. So you're there for over three hours, and it cost us less money um, than it did on the Disney excursion and double the time. So that was one of the reasons why we wanted to do it on our own. So... Um, you know, Isabel, she's she's to the point by this crew or this vacation that she was able to snorkel around all those beaches. You know, there's some nice wildlife at St. John. We saw, what was it, Isabel? A spotted eagle ray? Yeah. Spotted eagle ray. We saw turtles. We saw, um, 
We saw a lot of neat things. Lots of different kinds of corals. Lots of lots Fish. of neat things. Yeah, just very, very neat. Lots of hiking. Lots of different things to do. So Lots of underwater wildlife. Right. So we definitely, you know, was something that we wanted to do again. So this... This most recent cruise we did uh, came up on a Florida resident rate. We've done this week before because we've cruised over Father's Day before. And so I booked it. I told Scott I booked Father's Day reservations, brunch reservations for him. And he says, oh, where? And I said, Apollo. And it didn't hit him for a little bit that <laughs> that many was going on a cruise. But that's okay. So, of course, we decided we were going to go back to St. John. So... Scott, uh, how did we go about doing that this time? This time we just kind of went with the flow. We didn't prearrange any transportation. We just made sure that we got all, once the fantasy was cleared, we were ready to get off the ship and get it, get in the taxi and head over to Red Hook to get the ferry, you know, the earliest ferry. Uh, by the time we got over there, we are you know, on time actually we beat the uh they're a little earlier than we needed to be but we got the nine o'clock ferry which it pulled out of the dock at what 901 902 yeah those things and are on time like 917 we were getting off in cruise bay and looking for another taxi over to the over to the cinnamon bay <clears throat> excuse me well, let me uh, clarify because when you say that you're looking for a taxi, I don't want anyone to get nervous and think oh. that they have to look for a taxi. So um, when you get off of your cruise ship, there are taxis lined up, I would say 10 deep. You go up to the guy, you say, where you want to go? I want to go to Red Hook. Okay. Then they ask you, you know, they look at their time. They know it comes hourly. At this time for us, it was almost... I think it was like 7.50 or 8 o'clock. He knew we weren't going to be on the 8 o'clock ferry. He couldn't get us over there. So he waited for some more people to, to board the taxi, which was fine because we had plenty of time to do that. Once you get off of your ferry in Cruise Bay, you encounter the same thing again. There is a line of taxis, and there's usually a gentleman there that's going to distribute Triage you. everybody. Yeah. Where do you want to go? The beaches? Yes, but we want to go to Trunk Bay. I mean, Cinnamon Bay, because the majority of the people are going to say Trunk Bay all the time. So you're not having to really look for a taxi. Uh, if you decide to go to Trunk Bay, there are taxis in the parking lot waiting for you to come back. Um, with Cinnamon Bay, there's not as many as Trunk, but they're still there. They will get you. Um, so there isn't a situation at Red Hook, Cruise Bay, or Trunk or Cinnamon Bay Beaches, that you're looking for a taxi. Uh, the moment you get off of the ferry at Red Hook to come back into St. Thomas, there is a person there triaging you where you're going to Haven Site, to the Disney Fantasy, and they'll try to put you know people together. It is yeah. seamless and easy. It's That's one thing to keep in mind, that they are mostly group taxis where they'll try to fill up their vehicles as much as possible with people going the same way. So if, you know, time is really an issue for you, uh, either search out, you know, I know they have smaller, ta you know, regular taxis, but private, taxis, private taxis yeah. instead of kind of like the group shuttle, like vans. And these were op most of, most of the ones in St. Thomas and St. John are the open air 
vehicles, kind of like, think of like a tram or safari ride at Animal Kingdom, where you get in. Uh, but they do try to maximize the amount, or get a lot of people going to the same place. So you might have to wait around until they kind of get, you know, enough people to make it worth their trip. But if you're in a hurry, kind of just talk to them or search out more of a private taxi. But they're pretty good about getting you to where you want to go in a good amount of time. And the other awesome thing is that ferry rates, I'm sorry, well, ferries as well, but taxi rates are a set price in St. Thomas and St. John. So, for example, from Haven site to Red Hook, it, if you have more than two people, it's $10 a person. That's the set fare. They're, it's posted in most of their cabs. It's posted on vinow.com. That's the Virgin Islands website. Um, they're set prices, so you're not going to get a different rate from a different person because that's their set rate. Um, so that's awesome. Um, same thing in St. John, you know, from cruise Bay to the beaches, it's seven a person. So, I mean, set prices make it super easy. We always do confirm with the driver, you know, is it, you know, it's 10 a person. Yes. You know, that sort of thing. Um, but this, the set prices are great. Our ride from cruise Bay to cinnamon Bay, we were grouped with another couple families who happened to be dropped off at Trunk Bay. And, you know, that really didn't add much. You know, it maybe added a minute or two to our total time to get over to Cinnamon, Cinnamon Bay. And then we were dropped off. And, I don't know, we'd get there, bef- you know, probably around 9.30. It was about 9.40. Um, note to everyone out there, Trunk Bay was packed. Mm-hmm. There was a line to get in. The parking lot was full. Uh, that didn't include the ship excursions that were there. Yeah, that was before, you know, the excursions even left. Trunk Bay was packed. And, you know, as we were walking in, I couldn't help but just looking around and, you know, saying, it looks like we're the only ones here. Yeah, I believe um, Isabel and I said, this is why we come to Cinnamon Bay. Mm-hmm. And is where... Go ahead, Is. And and note that there were three ships in Port and St. Thomas. Right. You know, we were walking down to the beach and just looking around. Nobody was there. You know, there are a couple of people, uh, primarily from the camp, from the camping areas and cabins they have there, were set, sitting out on the beach. But, you know, day traffic wasn't even there yet. People staying on the island, there were only maybe one or two cars in the parking lot already. Uh, Pristine, gorgeous. So you get there, we had our choice of where we could go on the beach. Uh, we chose to kind of go fairly down on the beach, so we we're a little closer to Little Cinnamon Bay. And there's a there's a little divide between Cinnamon Bay and Little Cinnamon Bay of uh, rocks and corals. It's a little better, a little nice place out there to uh, snorkel. And to get to Little Cinnamon Bay, you either have to swim or you have to like do a little hiking in the woods. And since we weren't really prepared to hike, we uh, walked as far as we could and we swam out and around. But and there over- is a great reef there. Yeah, I mean, there's that a- reef that you pass between cinnamon and little cinnamon is amazing. It's completely, it's a different experience than the snorkeling at Trunk Bay. This is more, it's not a guided tour. It's just 
natural uh, reef. And, well, it's natural at Trunk Bay, but, I mean, it's not set up like a snorkeling trail. It's just go out. Uh, if you go over to Little Cinnamon Bay, there's a... The draw to go over there is there's a uh, downed airplane in the water to snorkel around. Really, all that's left is the uh, engine and one of the wings, but it's always fun to go out there and find it. There's a prop. Yeah. Yeah, a prop. And Isabel enjoys that as well. We've seen that a few times now. And right, Isabel. What else did you see snorkeling that was awesome? Um, we saw lots of sea urchins, and there was a sea urchin that it was funny. The tide was out, and it was very shallow where those reefs were. And the sea urchin was on top of the rock, and these rocks were close to you, and it was cute because the sea urchin was, like, dancing in the water. So what's important to know about sea urchins? They're spiny. They look like something you don't want to touch. <laughs> and what happens if you touch them? Um, you, get, you get something. In Ouch. It. Yes. It hurts you. Yeah, sea urchins are the... <coughs> Come on, like Trixie! The sea urchins are the, like, black balls with the, you know, spikes that stick out. And they're not something you want to encounter. And but they're super pretty to look at. Mm-hmm. What else, Isabel? Um, Your favorite saw, type of coral was out there. Yeah, brain coral and lots of sea fans. There was oh, those this, sea fans that are purple are so pretty. There was this one sea fan that was ginormous. Mm-hmm. And in Trunk Bay, there, when you have an excursion, because when we were staying there for those 10 nights, we were, the day we were there with the fantasy excursion, we were listening to the guy snorkel, how to snorkel in some mornings, and there is fire coral on St. John. It's a mustard-colored coral. So that's the only thing you really got to be careful about besides the sea urchins that will hurt you. The takeaway is when you're snorkeling, it's hands off. You just look at things, uh, especially with coral. If you touch coral, it, it, just it damages the coral. Uh, so that's why if you're snorkeling and you don't think you can swim the entire time to wear a vest because standing on the coral is very bad for the coral. And if you see a rock that's in a coral reef area, don't stand on it because it could be preventing coral growth. Right. It's probably not a rock. It's probably coral. Yeah. Well, it's a rock with coral glowing. So St. John has some amazing snorkeling because there's tons of different corals, as Isabel said. You know, there's the urchins. There's the Fish. fish are just gorgeous and beautiful. And they're, you know, you can come pretty close to them. Um, so we, we snorkeled this reef over and then we found the plane and, and snorkeled back. So, and, um, sometimes throughout the island, when you're snorkeling, you can see turtles. Mm-hmm. And we, that one time yeah. we saw a spotted eagle, right? Right. That wasn't at cinnamon, but yeah, but you could see that anywhere probably. Yeah. Yeah. St. John offers some interesting things. I mean, you can... It, you could do this on a on a ship day. 
Um, but at Cruise Bay, you can rent a dinghy and you can snorkel. Instead of snorkeling from the beach, you can take your dinghy and go out outside of the beaches, um, you know, from from farther out and then snorkel in. We've we've done that. You can rent the dinghy for four hours. So, you know, there's certainly enough time to do that and come back. Um, I highly recommend leaving your wedding ring in, in the safe when you do that. Right. Um, so this time we wanted to leave around noon. Um, and we spent about two hours on cinnamon because we, we had some places we wanted to go in cruise bay. Um, and since we had spent 10 days there, we knew, you know, that we wanted to hit lunch and, and so on. So there was a, a, we came off the beach, did our freshwater shower, got all packed up, saw a taxi there. And there was a gentleman sitting in the patio of the restaurant and i asked him if we could go to mongoose junction which is kind of the shopping area at cruise bay and then another family joined us as well so um yeah mongoose junction is the place if you're going to st john the shop uh it's it's in within walking distance from the uh the ferry terminal and they have shops, they have restaurants, you know, everything you kind of expect to be there. We went on this day to St. John Brewer's for lunch. In 2015, St. John Brewer had a uh, fire in their location, and now they're kind of rebuilding and operating out of an old office, still within the Mongoose Junction area. Uh, it's The food's great. They've got you know, all their beer on tap. They also have homemade or, you know, in-house brewed root beer and ginger beer. And, you know, everything we ordered was great. The, uh, you can even get beer to go. Which you did. I did. So, yeah, yeah St. John Brewer's, um, excellent lunch. It was nice kind of to get away from ship food and and enjoy enjoy the lunch. And down below they also have a, you know, shop where you can buy their beer which you can take back on the ship and replenish your supplies. Mm-hmm. For for those people that want to grab the uh you know, your six pack of beer, your two bottles of wine that you can refill, there also is a wine shop. Um, in Mongoose Junction, it's towards the back. It's in the back parking lot. You kind of, you have to go explore a little bit or ask around if you're not familiar. Or yeah, use the directory in the map, but it's not, it's not far. It's definitely, you know, somewhere you could get to. Um, the Caribbean isn't known for winemaking, but they do carry, you know, bottles of wine, uh, some popular bottles of wine, you know, with a variety of of price ranges from cheaper to expensive that you could restock if you needed to. So, um, you know, when we were there, we, we bought some wine there. Um, you know, there's markets and things there too, but I I would definitely recommend St. John Brewers for your beer because it's a, you know, supporting a local beer company. Um, and St. John's very good about that. I mean, I asked for hot sauce for my fish tacos and, I asked for hot sauce for my fish tacos, and they brought me um, two different hot sauces that are made in Coral Bay, uh, St. John's. So that was really cool. Um, so we had an enjoyable lunch there. Scott got his beer to go, and then we were we walked into a few shops, and then we 
headed to an, another destination that we absolutely had to go to, which I think we should throw it to Isabel on this one. Where do we need to go is? St. John Scoops. And what is St. John Scoops? It's homemade ice cream and other stuff. Right. They do smoothies. They do slushies. Um, slushies. Yeah, they, they do. Their ice cream is homemade. Um, they have adult flavors. Uh, when we stayed there, I kind of got addicted to the champagne sorbet, they don't which is delicious. Um, but their flavors are dynamic and they change. So um, I had painkiller, which, you know, tasted like the painkiller drink. You can get shots of alcohol or liqueurs, you know, added to it. They do homemade waffle cones. Um, the cool thing about Scoops is the ice cream is one size for $5. Um, if you want to add a waffle cone, it's 2 bucks. If it's adult flavor, it's six bucks, but you know, you don't have to, and there's not the small, medium, large, it's just ice cream. So, um, I, I actually think that it's probably my favorite homemade ice cream. Um, I think it beats Artisans de Glace in France at Epcot. It beats Ample Hills. I really enjoy the homemade ice cream at Scoops. Um, I think being small batches you know, is one of their strong points. So Isabel got grasshopper, which was mint ice cream with um, mint cookies in it. And I got the, the painkiller. And the funny thing was, is that Isabel was full from lunch. So she had two bites and then um, <laughs> someone else in our family had grasshopper ice cream. Well, it's good. Right, <laughs> Scott? Yes. It's good. Good ice cream. Yes, it is good. So um, by this time, it was probably about 20 after 1, and we knew we needed to be on the 2 o'clock ferry, but there was one other store we wanted to head over to. It's, it's right off the pier. It's St. John Spice. They have, uh, you know, they have a lot of like loose-leaf tea, spices, local, mm. local, you know. It's also like a local gift shop kind of thing but hot sauces galore for those and they have a like kids area for all the kids stuff yeah kids souvenirs they have a lot of hand-painted wine glasses hand-painted yeah. coffee mugs um you know like Books. scott said yeah the tons of spices um i like their loose leaf tea oh coffee as well they do coffee as well which i've i've purchased their coffee in, in the past um i wanted to go for a refill on some of the tropical teas so um we did we did grab some of that and then as Scott was reminding me about every two minutes what the time was. So finally about one forty, uh, we walked over to the ferry dock and we already had our tickets, so we just had to sit and wait. And we were on the two o'clock ferry, which left at two oh two. So Yeah, that's that's the thing. When you first when we first go over uh to Saint John in the morning, we always buy the return tickets just so we don't have to wait in line to go back. It saves time once we're on the island. Uh, and the other thing we always do is we plan to be on the ferry, the one ferry before the last possible ferry to get us back. Boo. It's our kind of little built-in insurance policy in case for some reason we miss the ferry. Uh, there's still one to get us back and leave us enough time to get back to the cruise ship so we're not left behind. It's... And, and if, to give you an idea on that, we were on the the two o'clock ferry, which left at two o two. You know, you're it's about a fifteen minute ride over. It's super fast. Right back to the ferry dock, we picked up a taxi immediately. I mean, 
minutes. And then um, we did drop a couple off at the Marriott, but it was definitely on the way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't out of the way at all. And by the time we, we got dropped off in Haven site and we walked back through, it was 2.53. So, you know, I joked with Scott, we could have been on the, <laughs> the 3 o'clock ferry and got back at 3.53 and the ship <laughs> leaves at 4 o'clock. But that, that's, that is cut, cutting it close because if we have been in that St. Thomas traffic before and right. it can get bumper to bumper. I think part of that too, leaving, you know, say an hour earlier than we need to, that also... You know, other everybody else is not necessarily taking that same route back later in the afternoon, so the traffic may have been a little lighter at that time too to speed things up. Uh, it really just bought the traffic really just bottlenecks around the port area, you know, in between. Uh, I mean, those other couple times we've been on stuck in traffic, it's really been from the shopping area in Chardomale back to Haven Site mm-hmm. is where it's been a real you know, you know, back up traffic, stop and go. In fact, you, that's something you can walk. It's not an, it's not a short walk, but it's still something you could walk if you really wanted to. I don't really, if you've got the time and you want to go on a leisurely walk, sure. But it's probably just as good as take a taxi. And actually it was kind of nice. Um, we didn't use it, but usually we get dropped off right back at the ship. This time he dropped us off in Haven Site, which if we wanted to go into any stores or do any shopping, um, you know, we we could have because we had time to. So, um, you know, it was just a few minutes walk back. So it, it, that wasn't a, a huge deal. Um, but yeah, that that was pretty, pretty easy, pretty easy to get to. So um, that would, I would say would wrap up our experiences in St. Thomas, St. John. Isabel, did you have anything that you wanted to add in that we might have forgotten about them? The roads are really bumpy because they're on hills. Oh, yeah. Very, That's it's, it. a, it's very hilly. Yep, you're definitely right about that. As I mentioned earlier, this was our first time going to Tortola, which is... I don't know. You can see it from St. John, depending on where you're at. So it's really not far of a overnight trip. This The seven-night itinerary in the Disney Fantasy right now goes to Tortola, then over to St. Thomas. Uh, and I said it's, you know, it's really, they're really close to each other. So we got to Tortola. It was our first uh, port of call on this last cruise and uh one that we've not been to yet uh recently earlier this summer they just opened the tortola pier park which is their shopping center that uh was it's being it's still being built up for uh the cruise market thanks to uh disney and norwegian cruise lines you know agreement they have to bring their uh, ships there. It was Tortola's, you know, side of things that they would build up the pier area to accommodate the passengers. And so we get there, and we, since we weren't really familiar with the port at all, and the fact that we booked sort of last minute, we didn't really have time to really research the port. 
like we uh, would for. <sighs> I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling here because I Let thought you were taking break. over. You didn't throw it to me. Well, you did you see me? We, since we booked last minute, we didn't really have enough time to prep and look for things to do in Tortola. So Emily uh, did due diligence looking at Disney Cruise Line's port adventures. Well, first, Scott, <laughs> I sat on the couch like any good uh, person does and used the Google and... Uh, I decided before I even. <laughs> they just got their butt kicked. So um, I I did two things. I Google Tortola and I grabbed a couple of our Caribbean books that I had gotten previously from our trip to St. John in the Southern Caribbean. And I looked at Tortola because I wanted to see what the popular things were that jumped out, um, kind of the must-dos. And so just by Googling Tortola, I'm sorry, I Googled Tortola snorkeling. um, And what kept coming up were the Norman Island caves. So I thought, okay, that's that's pretty cool. I showed it to Isabel. You were on the couch that night as well. You just nod and smile. (laughs) It's true, right? Yes. Yeah. Isabel got excited about it. And then... um, the other thing that came up was, you know, the Caribbean is known for rum. Each island pretty much has their own, you know, distillery. And Pusser's Rum came up, and there, there's a pub there. Um, so it's the same things, you know, kept coming up in the search. So Disney um, had an excursion that looked interesting and didn't seem that costly, uh, which was the Treasure <laughs> Island... Well, we could have probably jacked the price up now. We could have still done it on our own and saved money, I guarantee you. But um, so it was the Treasure Island um, swim and snorkel. And it was $75 a person from ages eight and up. So there's no child price. Um, So for the three of us, $225. And, you know, it's the Disney board a catamaran for a half an hour voyage across the Sir Francis Drake Channel, that sort of thing. So. That's essentially what you do. You mend the tube. Um, we met the captain right outside of the uh, of the ship for the catamaran. We walked <laughs> literally like no, it was so close to the catamaran. 100 yards. Yeah, boarded the catamaran. Um, we were actually the first on, on board, first in line, first on board. And, uh, you know, sat in the back so that, you know, because you know you're going to get wet on the front of that. And... You know, they, they take you out, they they give you your waivers and and all sorts of good stuff. So um so we did that. Um it was awesome. The people that think that they weren't thought that they weren't gonna get wet on the front of the catamaran that got soaked. Uh, Isabel enjoyed that. She did go up front because we were going to snorkel, so I mean it didn't really matter. What did you think about the ride, Isabel? Catamaran was fun, right? Yeah. So um, they took us to the destination site, and um, then they moved us because of a current. So there's three caves that you can kind of snorkel into. So, um, you know, we, we bring our own snorkel equipment with us. Isabel has her own vest. and After 
the boat arrived by the caves, we uh, tied up. However, another boat was leaving, so we took advantage of that and moved over so we had a little better position with regard to where the caves were located. And we all met on the bow and went over the little basics of snorkeling and some safety and some guidelines. And then they let the ladder down. There was a ladder that went down from the front. So you could either choose to climb, you know, make it easier to get back on board. But it was either you could enter the water by climbing down the stairs or you could just jump off the boat. Uh, they let us in and there were a series, you know, two or three real caves to go into. And these caves were legitimately caves where you get in and it's dark. Uh, when Emily was doing her, uh, research on the Google, she noticed people were suggesting, I think on TripAdvisor, there's a lot of reviews that say, bring some underwater flashlights. So we clicked, so right before we left, we ordered some, you know, cheap old underwater flashlights from Amazon uh, that did the, you know, did a good enough job for what we were doing that day. Uh, but you snorkel in and, you know, it gets to the point where it's pitch black. Uh, and you kind of have to, it's one of those that you want to go in with somebody else just so you're not left alone. And there was one cave that, depending on the uh, tides and everything, you could have, you could swim through and come out on, you know, the other side. But when we were there, it was not passable. So it was just swim in and turn around. Uh, the one downside of this excursion, the caves got kind of filled up. And there was, you know... Too many people. Yeah. But I don't think so. everybody was prepared to go into a cave. So it kind of uh, startled some people once they got in there. Uh, little quick turnaround and I want out of here kind of thing. Uh, so it's being... It's kind of a little warning that you are potentially swimming into a dark cave. Just keep that in mind. If it's not something you're comfortable with, kind of stay out. There's, there's a lot still to see outside of the caves along the, uh, along the way. There was very good snorkeling mm -hmm. around there too. Like very good. Tons of the blue tangs, which are the dory fish. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you think, Isabel? Um, like cinnamon, lots of wildlife, lots of sea urchins. I saw something that looked like a yellow sea anemone. I'm not sure. Could have just been some something cool trying to grow. I really don't know, but it was kind of looked like a sea anemone. It it might have been. There was it was seriously very very good snorkeling there. Lots of corals. Um. Didn't see any turtles. What do you think, Scott? What do you think about the snorkeling? Was, I thought it was a very good snorkeling. Yeah, snorkeling was good. The water in that area on that day was really clear. And it was deep. Deep water. Yeah, There's good visibility. And uh, so, you know, we 
I love snorkeling. I could do it all day, but I kind of got a little bored on this because you know you kind of once you kind of go in and out of the caves, that's kind of what is going on with the cats. Tweets. Get your. Why butt. are they fired up? They're Cause hungry because be it's seven thirty. Well, because we need them to be quiet. He's trying to jump up someplace higher. He's insane. The other thing about uh, getting bored for the snorkeling is because they limit you to where you can go. You can only go in essentially this rectangle around the catamaran, you know, to the caves, to the... Yeah, so we're given we, boundaries. Yeah, we could have... Um, we could have stayed close to the island and snorkeled and saw more things because there really wasn't anything once you got off the island. We tried to snorkel in some of that deeper water by the catamaran. Yeah, it just kind of gets deep and turns to sand. Yeah, there's nothing there. But I don't think we would have gotten, as you say, bored with the area had we not had boundaries A and then you know having some more time in the, in the caves themselves without having all the people. Um, since the island was an island, I can snorkel into it. Um, the, when you came out, you could still see a slope of coral and stuff, and that was cool. Because the island was growing onto the sand floor. And there were lots of stuff on the sand floor, but once you got out, it was kind of like nothing. Exactly. When our time was up at the caves, everybody got back on board the catamaran, and we headed over to Pirate's Bite on Norman Island. This was kind of the beach portion of this of this excursion. Uh, we were able to dock at the pier right there. And so we were able to come and go to the boat so you didn't have to lug, lug your stuff to the beach. It was right there. There was, there was a, uh, a restaurant and bar on the beach on one side with uh, chairs for, the, you know, free chairs to use if you were, you know, purchasing things from the restaurant or bar. On the other side of the beach was more of like a private kind of like club in that, well, not, it's not a private club, but it was more of a, you know, a la carte thing where you had to pay, it was $30 per chair to use, and, you know, there you could get food there, too. Our, our, our guides kind of gave us a little heads up to say, you go left, you're going to be charged to sit in that chair, you go right, and as long as you're kind of eating or drinking from the restaurant, they're free to use. Uh the restaurant did have some free Wi-Fi, and the beach area was, you know, it's pretty relaxing. Anyone? Anyone? Oh Bueller? yeah, the, I I mean, I'm gonna throw it out as it was just okay. It was it was a it was a rocky beach. It was. It was okay. Isabel totally enjoyed herself, though. Yeah, so. I took my snorkeling mask since I didn't have my goggles. I took that and I started diving. And so 
like. And you were playing with some kids. Yeah, I when I was down there, I could see lots of clear white fish. And there was a big, cool fish. It looked like an angel fish, kind of, but bigger and white. And it was pretty. No, there were lots of rocks. Not really much to see. Tour guides told us. I don't really remember these rocks. There were occasional, like, larger rocks, like coral you know, old bits of coral, but I don't remember like climbing over rocks like yeah. at you, Megan's you, Bay. You stepped on rocks to to kind of get out into the sand. It wasn't awful, but I mean, you did. There, it was rocky on the shoreline. And the tour guide did tell us if you go snorkeling, there's not much to see mm-hmm. because there was a part that the sand dropped off and went into like a grassy area. Yeah, that, you know, it was really just beach time. I'd say in, um, the handful of excursions we've done that have included beach time, this was probably the one of the nicer locations just because the boat docked right there and you could come and go. There were facilities. There were restaurants. I'm pretty sure almost every single person got a drink at that restaurant. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they certainly you know, brought in money. You know, to the place. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it wasn't really busy. I mean, once, I mean, we probably brought the bulk of it. There was another uh, excursion that was there that left short, you know, maybe about 20 minutes after we arrived and kind of cleared out even more. So it wasn't, it wasn't crowded at all. And then... When our beach time was over, it was back on for the trip back to Tortola. Yes, Isabel. I did ride in the front. I was intentional to get wet. And so some of the kids, we sat on the one side. We wanted to get wet. We did, but the other side, one kid was sitting. It was a rectangle shape, and he was sitting the far from it. So it was kind of like the top, closer to where the driver is. And he got totally wet on the other side. He was probably soaking wet. It was fun. We did get splashed a lot. It was very bumpy and fun. Also on the way back... uh they served complimentary uh, punch or rum punch. They said they had beer available for sale, but they didn't really push any of that. Water was also complimentary. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know, it wasn't more like maybe a 20-minute ride back. Yeah, no, it was, it was close. Back to Tortola. And then uh, once we got back, we were brought right back to the pier right where the ship was so you know it's a good point it's a good time coming and going on this excursion to have your camera out you can get some nicer shots of the ship as you're arriving back into the port area uh right there on the port as we mentioned when we first started talking about tortola is the the tortola pier park uh, which is their shopping district that they're building 
Diamonds International mm-hmm. for all those that are following along. Right. Little Switzerland, the uh, usual. It's still a work in progress. They had a grand opening earlier this summer. There's still some construction going on, like another phase of build level, another phase of development left. Uh, I would say a good number of the stores or units are not occupied or haven't opened yet, but I'd say give it another few years and it'll be a pretty, you know, decent place to walk around and shop if, you know, you're into the shopping. But the typical ones are open. So Mm. like I said, Diamonds International, Little Switzerland, Del Sol, the bamboo place that goes along with it. I think it's Carla, Carla Hua, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, They had an ice cream shop. They had a place you could get tacos. Um, They have a duty free shop there before you get on the ship, which you can actually pick up St. John Brewer's beer. Um, they had wine at that same shop. Um, they had also liquor. They had Christmas ornaments. You know, they have your, they have your, you know, souvenir type things there as well. So while it's not kind of the hustle bustle of, of St. John or St. Thomas, you know, their shopping area, you can find what you need there now. It is, yeah. and it's nice and clean. Um, the people are friendly mm-hmm. and, uh, I think that, yeah, Scott's right. The potential is, is there for it to, to grow. It, it's still new. It's in its first year of being mm-hmm. open. So it's still building. There are taxis there that you can mm-hmm. pick up as well to take you probably to a beach or somewhere if you, if you would like. Uh, and there are restrooms, you know, nice brand, well, in this case they're brand new facilities. Yeah. Uh, down near the taxi stand, we uh, we chose we we went into a little uh, local information shop. Yeah, the Tortola Tourist Center. And picked up a little map because the uh, onboard shopping map really just kind of covers that immediate Tortola Pier Park area. And we went over, and we knew of this. Emily found this one restaurant. Which was Pusser's Pub. And it wasn't on the map that the gal gave us either. So um, I asked her and she was like, it's not even a five minute walk. And she was accurate. You walk to the end of the street to the, to the one stoplight. You make a left and yeah. it was on your right hand side. So it's just past the, the, uh, govern- the government building that you can see from the pier. Yeah, it was super close. And um, the atmosphere was essentially like a British pub. Uh, it mm. was, you know, the dark woods, the, you know, we were seated right away with plenty of other people from the ship, you could tell. Um, it's always a good sign when you see crew members in there for lunch. Right. And you kind of know that, you know, the crew are in these ports every week, every other week, depending on the itinerary. They kind of talk amongst themselves. They know where the good places are to go, you know, kind of get some decent food. So when you come across a place where you see crew and you kind of know you kind of pick the right spot and right and the you know the drink there what to get was the painkiller and uh, they offer it to you with two three or four shots of rum so um i i chose two scott two shots scott was going to go for four full he was going to go full boathouse but we just we just went with two and and it was that was pretty strong. That was a good, that was a good two shots, I think. So we ordered that, and then we decided that we didn't want to 
have too, too much food uh, because we had early dining and it was already, you know, past one o'clock. So we just got two things to share. Um, we got fish and chips and uh, the potato chip tree. So um, while after we ordered, Isabel and I went and walked around the gift shop, which is a two level gift shop, uh, women's and children's clothes upstairs. And then oh, I missed that. Yeah. The downstairs was um, where you can buy the rum, the rum cakes, the T-shirts, um, you know, all that stuff. Uh, a bottle of rum was fifteen ninety five. They also had, you know, survival kit that came with other things. They had aged rum. Um, they had a lot of, a lot of cool things there. I, I mean, I didn't find anything that I wanted to purchase, uh, but fun to look around. Um, and then we came back to the table, and, and Scott went to look around. So, you know, a typical uh, nice food or nice pub, good food, and a typical kind of tourist type thing. So, I'd go back. You know. Yeah, the the fish and chips were good. The potato chip tree was homemade potato chips. Uh, they were a, a bit skimpy on the. Um, on the toppings for it, but description was a little yeah, deceiving. But it was the still chips good. themselves were good. Yeah, I mean homemade potato chips—they were delicious. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely would go back. I put that in a, in a recommend. Um, you know, the menu was very big, so there was a lot to choose from. Um, a lot of different drinks to choose from, appetizers, salads, entrees. Um, Isabel, what did you think? The potato chip three was big. Did you like the potato chips, the homemade potato chips? Yeah. And how about the fish and chips? The fish and chips was like a normal fish and chips. It didn't really have any differences. But was it good? Yes. Yeah, that was good. So then we we walked we walked back. Uh, we stopped at Del Sol on the way, um, just because we literally passed it. Walked in a couple of the shops to see you know, kind of what they were offering and what they had. Um, and then then we were back on board. So um, one of the things that I told Scott I noticed is um, with this cruise, both of the islands we went to, we like immediately left. So we went to St. Thomas and and then left for St. John and we got to Tortola and we left for Norman Island. So... Um, you know, there are a lot of folks that have asked us for excursions and things to do in Tortola. And I would definitely recommend this excursion if you like snorkeling. Um, it's, you know, being that they cap it off at kids that were eight and there were only, I don't know, maybe there were probably only about six kids on there. And I think Isabel is probably the youngest one and she's nine. Um, but she's a strong swimmer and a strong snorkeler. So, uh, I would I would recommend this excursion, but it's not for just somebody who's kind of paddling around and I mean you're you're essentially jumping or you know getting off a boat in deep water and uh, you know you you, I, you don't need to be advanced, but probably someone who's more inter intermediate. Um, so I I enjoyed it and I would recommend it, Isabel. Um, you'd recommend the caves? Yes, I would definitely. Scott, did we have any questions that you wanted to answer? 
Yeah, I kind of threw out the uh, Twitter questions late, but there's really just two of them since I threw it out there. Uh, Back to the Mouse was asking about the Tortola excursions going on at one of the Star Wars Eastern Caribbean cruises in January. I mean, all in all, Tortola's new to us. We just have the uh, one excursion under our belt and our little walk around. So it's, you know, like we said, we'd, we'd recommend the one that we booked. What was the exact name of that, M? It's the Treasure Island Swim and Snorkel. But you said that they were taking their cruise in January? Yes. Um, it depends on where you're coming from, back to the mouse, because as we've said before, I would be hard-pressed to snorkel in January. Um, I think it would be... I mean, it was it's nippy in March. Um, you know, we we still did it, but you know, if you're if you're coming from the north, then it's going to be totally warm for you. But um, to have a snorkeling and beach excursion, kind of keep that in mind. Um, you know, when you're making those plans. But yeah, I'm with Scott. I, th- I think this was a it was a good excursion. It was a good excursion, and and I'm sure we could have done it on our own, less expensive. But it was very easy to. Pick up the catamaran right there. I mean, it, it was it was good. And the other question is, what is the best snorkeling destination in the eastern on the eastern Caribbean itinerary? And who asked that? That was John McCabe at the Hot Dog Double O Seven. Nice Double O Seven. It's better than being Double O Negative. <laughs> I mean. You really can't go wrong between St. John and... I mean, that whole area is full of great snorkeling places, you know, little spots to go snorkeling. So I cannot... You know, obviously, we haven't done every single snorkeling port adventure that's offered, but I'd be hard-pressed to think that any of those between Tortola and St. Thomas, St. John, t- would take you to a bad spot. I think that area, it's it's all relatively close to each other, so you're kind of working with the same, you know, terrain underwater i do think that the um the caves offer something unique though yeah that was because you're snorkeling in a cave and even Mm -hmm. if you're fearful of going into the dark because i mean isabel got in there pretty far Mm -hmm. she she did pretty well uh you had the flashlight but with only one person having a flashlight once it does get pitch black it's hard so we kind of backed out a little bit but where we could still see you Mm -hmm. um that offers a neat experience that as far as things to see, um, I think that we saw a lot more in St. John. However, not where we went on a cruise destination. Mm-hmm. We didn't see a spotted eagle ray on a beach that we could get to on a cruise day. We didn't see the turtles there either. But you do see some great coral and fish and things. So. I mean, snorkeling's kind of a crapshoot anyway with the sea life because it you know depends on the weather. You know, is what are the currents like? Are the fish hanging out? It's you, you never you can go to the same place every day of the week, and it can be completely different experiences the entire time. Depending the tide on, was coming in when we were at St. John, so that was helpful. So it's it's a matter of you know, kind of looking around. The best thing I would say to do is if you're narrowing down your search to a snorkeling port adventure. I mean, the internet is your best friend. There are tons of places. Just Google that area, come up, and 
you know, there are probably videos or pictures that you can look at and reviews to kind of see what you may be able to see at that location and, and kind of determine. Also, John, it depends on what you want. So do you want to be taken and, and dumped off at Trunk Bay where there's a snorkel trail and it's all done there for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it really doesn't require any work. You, you go out and you snorkel around this trail and then you're done. Um, or do you want more serenity where, you know, I mean, I think that going to Cinnamon Bay and seeing those few plane parts are cool. Like that's different. You get to see fish, coral, um, you know, all that wildlife, but then you also get to, you know, see that, you know, the propeller and, and things like that. You know, we comment about how Trunk Bay kind of gets busy, but it still is a great like introductory place to go snorkeling. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to snorkel. There's potentially a lot to see. There's lifeguards. A, if there's a lifeguards. lifeguards. Um, so that's, that's a great choice. If you're interested in going over to St. John, when you're in St. Thomas, it's, and we've never snorkeled in St. Thomas, so I can't offer you anything about St. Thomas. For example, we went in the Southern. I looked at each of those places and saw what was going to be unique. Like, the statues in Granada or the shipwrecks in Barbados. Um, you know, if you are able to dive, there's a, um, a ship off of Tortola that you can dive. Uh, it's not for snorkeling cause it's deep. Um, but they, there's a lot of unique things. So, uh, you, you definitely can't go wrong. Um, for, I'm sure you can. If you're... <laughs> you probably can. You're right. For, for, so as far as recommendations, I have two. For uniqueness, I would definitely go back to the caves in, in Norman, Norman Island. That was neat. But if you want sort of that pristine, um, you know, snorkel off the beach type thing, then then St. John is, is definitely where it is. We haven't snorkeled uh, in St. Martin. I know you're asking about the Eastern Caribbean. Um, we haven't snorkeled there. That's not really a regular port of call anymore. Well, nor San Juan, but... Uh, you know, since Scott, the since the Disney Cruise Line blog is is calling me out to be factual. So, Isabel, what, where is your has your favorite place been to snorkel so far? He's asking. John is asking about the Eastern Caribbean specifically. So you'd have to pick between the caves and Saint John. Probably Saint John, since I've seen. More there than I've seen in the caves because I've seen different animals like the spotted eagle ray and the turtles, and I did not see that at the caves. And and just a side note, you know, when Scott is talking about how snorkeling is, is dynamic and it varies, I mean, he saw a ray and an eel at Castaway Key in the Bahamas, and we've never seen anything more than you know, some, some little fish there. So that gives you an idea of how, oh, wait, Scott, didn't you see a barracuda on one of these? Yes. Yeah, so there's some cool stuff out there. I think that was in St. John, right? Mm. Was that at Cinnamon? I think so. Yeah, so um, we have, Scott took the GoPro, so there's some video of things, but um, that that's what we would recommend, John. That's going to wrap up our discussion of the Eastern Caribbean Ports of Call for this week. Hope you enjoyed our discussion. I can tell you that St. John is still my favorite port out of any um, 
cruise that I've been on, although Iceland follows up close behind it, but love my Eastern Caribbean. Isabel? It was amazing. I would probably do it mm, more than once again. <laughs> more than once again. I have the mouth of kids. There you go, guys. Thanks again for listening. Bye. You can connect with the show via the comments on our website, follow us on Twitter at the DCL blog, or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Disney Cruise Line blog. Additionally, you can leave us a voicemail with your questions, comments, or feedback on the show by calling us at 321-765-3252.